1: We start NFL Live with the Dolphins visiting the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. Dan Orlovsky's second quarter is where we're going to pick this one up. These two quarterbacks connected, aren't they? This Herbert, throw, rolling right, finding Mike Williams. Yeah, this throw. You I, dream I about mean, that?
2: Full speed to the right, up over a defender, only where Mike can go get it. It's absolutely
1: perfect by Herbert. Stanky leg too. ensuing Dolphins possession, Jeff Wilson up the middle for the first, but he gets stripped of the football. There's a scrum for the ball, and it pops out. Tyreek Hill picks it up, and that man. Is-
2: Some would say this is the best design the Dolphins had all night offensively. Just a great luck by Tyree Kill, and then obviously running away from everybody else.
1: Yeah, Teron Armstead deserves a ton of credit there. The Dolphins close it to 10 to 7. That's wild. If they would make a comeback, Uh, look at Mike McDaniel. He's like, ah, that that's okay. (laughs) We'll take it. Uh, Closing seconds of the half. Chargers fourth and goal. Austin Eckler rumbles his way into the end zone. The Chargers lead by 10 going into the half, and just over five seconds to play. Chargers leading by six. going to close it out. Herbert awesome. takes it himself. Awesome. <laughs> we saw it scrambles. a couple of times
2: last night. Look at uh, what I love is when he gets up. Just a little bit of like moxie right there. That scramble essentially seals the game. I'd love to see that from Herbert.
1: The Chargers hang on to win it, 23 to 17 over the Dolphins. Welcome to NFL Live. You heard Dan. Now you see him. And there's Mina Kimes and Marcus Spears with us. Today, we got a lot to get to for the next yeah, hour. And we'll get to all that, but let's start with LA. 365 yards in the air for Herbert last night. Why did he have so much success?
3: Well, f- listen, it was because they decided to deviate from standing him in the middle of the pocket like okay. a statue. And they decided to move him, move the launch point, get Justin Herbert to be athletic. And you can see here, this was this. The throw you and there just talking hmm. about, but this one right here back across the field to Mike Williams. This is the ability that Justin Herbert has. You clear the picture for him a little bit again underneath, not a design rollout, but you get him in space by him time. He can throw a pinpoint accurate football. It has so much to do with just his ability to see everything once he's on the move. Y'all coincidentally last night. Justin Herbert went 10 for 11 for 164. Guess what this was? Career highs in completion and yards outside of the pocket. So, I don't know if Joe Lombardi watched the show Friday. I don't know if the coaching staff watched the show. But somebody got to somebody within the Los Angeles Chargers organization and said, maybe it's a good idea to get this 6'5 sideboard on the outside of the line of scrimmage so he can dominate with his arm that he has.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, it wasn't just Friday. We've all been saying that for a while, Two right? Years. Get Justin <laughs> Herbert on the move and take advantage of who you have at quarterback. Okay, so we're giving him his flowers as he deserves them, Justin no, Herbert. No doubt. But to her- Herbert's counterpart to a of Iloa, completed only 35% of his passes when he was given a clean pocket, a scenario that should be favorable for a quarterback, right? That's the second worst completion percentage with a clean pocket by any QB in a game this season ahead of only Zach Wilson a few weeks ago against the Patriots. Of course, we know what happened after that. That was the game that led to Wilson being benched. So, Mina. Were two his struggles on him, or was it something the Chargers defense was doing on, that okay. really got him out of sorts? What happened? Come on.
4: Well, I would say it was his inability to respond to what the Chargers were doing, Mike McDaniel as well. But I want to focus on the Chargers side of this because it was a brilliant game plan, so well executed. And notably, it was actually different from what San Francisco did last week. So you guys remember I talked about last week how the Niners' corners did press a little bit to disrupt the timing of those Dolphins wide receivers. But even though they pressed and got some pressure, guys were still open. Actually, about two-thirds of Tua's targets were to wide open receivers last week, meaning three yards or more of separation. This week, The Chargers' cornerbacks pressed even more, and they took away the middle of the field through a combination of leverage from their quarterbacks and then the linebackers and safeties. And as a result, only a third of Tua's targets were to open receivers. That does not happen with this Dolphins (laughs) offense. Guys are usually wide open. So I just wanted to give flowers to Brandon Staley and then to this secondary that was banged up coming into this game uh, just putting on quite a performance last night.
2: MK, I think last night is the blueprint to stop this Miami defense, not the 2 weeks ago from San Francisco. You talked about yeah. like the Agreed. leverage. The reality was there was no one open last night and you could watch how Tua because he has so much confidence and trust in the scheme in the offense was throwing the covered guys. This is the leverage that Mean is talking about. Look how both those defenders are high or inside. Tua's throwing it because he realizes that in has been open so many times this year. Well, it wasn't yesterday because the leverage that they're playing, there's the leverage again, high and inside, forcing everybody, or at least the ball to get thrown to the perimeter. There is that contested or covered throws. And now it's like, well, Tua gets impatient because all the plays that he has seen work for such a long period of time this season aren't and he's like then the forces come and i I've, I've said this about this you know Kyle Shanahan Gary Kubiak offense before with Kirk Cousins a little bit is the quarterback becomes so confident in the play call that sometimes they don't even see the defense after the snap hmm. i just the coach is so good i'm just i hit my back foot ball comes out in completion yeah. that when it doesn't happen totally. You can like get impatient, and that's when you started to see some of those forces from Tua when guys were open.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating because it almost gives credit to what the offense was doing before. Yeah. It, Mina mentioned But that's why this. I think
2: it could be a blueprint for yeah. other teams to copy it. I actually want to do Jets. it for Touchscreen Tuesday for, with oh, our Oh, well, team.
1: there's a little tease, so we'll see if that happens tomorrow yeah. and if our producers listen to you. Also, Mina mentioned that the Dolphins receivers weren't open. Well, they averaged only 2.8 yards of separation on their targets last night. That's their lowest in a game this season. Mm. We talk talked about earlier in the season how they were just wide open, wider open than anybody else in the entire league. Let's get to some top stories from Sunday as we bring Adam Schefter in here for the show. Adam, Jets quarterback Mike White had to go to the hospital after the loss to Buffalo. What do we know there?
5: They checked for internal injuries and once he was cleared there, Laura, they allowed him to go home with the team last night. They are now saying that he's day-to-day with the rib injuries that he suffered on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Now, Mike White's going to want to play this week against the Detroit Lions. The question is whether the medical staff will allow him to do it. It's up in the air. As of now, a decision will be reached later this week. And Russell Wilson was knocked unconscious on this play, was out. And because of that, he's now in concussion protocol. And typically, when you're knocked unconscious like this, you suffer a concussion and you're out. It's difficult to come back and play. The next week would not be a surprise to see Russell Wilson miss the next game, but does want to come back and play beyond that. We saw a disturbing incident yesterday where Jerry Judy took off his helmet, charged at an official. There was no penalty called on this play, but I'm sure that Jerry Judy will be hearing and receiving a letter from the league office with some sort of fine. We'll see how that plays out this weekend. The big injury yesterday, of course, was the 49ers wide receiver. Debo Samuel going down on this play here where he fumbled the football, had to be carted off the field in visible distress. But it looks like right now he's still undergoing testing. The injury doesn't appear to be as serious as it looked yesterday when he was carted off. Kyle Shanahan said yesterday he thinks it's a high ankle sprain. I was told it's possible he could be back during the regular season, which is great news, but make no mistake about it right now. He's certainly poised to miss multiple weeks, but the question is, How soon he'll can get back and the testing that he's doing right now should tell the story there, Laura.
1: Yeah, good to hear uh, after you saw the severity of the injury, it looked a lot worse than hopefully it actually is. They have the Seahawks this week, the 49ers do, and let's talk about that game, Adam, as more from you throughout the show. They're taking on the Bucks. Tom Brady's Bucks, Of course, Tom Brady loved the 49ers as a kid. Start of the second quarter, 49ers with second and goal from the two, and Purdy can't find anyone open, so he says, you know what, I'm going to do it myself.
2: I just love how fast the decision was made. No one's there. Second and goal, take off, and go get a touchdown.
1: 49ers extend their lead 14 to nothing, just over Five minutes left in the half. And the Niners second nine for the Bucks 43. Debo taking the handoff. He got tangled up and fumbled. And that was where the injury happened. Looked even worse right there. And he's holding his leg. As you just heard from Adam. Be well. Be okay. Be okay. Come on. All right, next 49ers possession, 22 seconds left in the half. First and ten in Buck territory. Purdy, a dart to Brandon Ayuk for the TD.
2: I love the design. You kind of condense the split. You fake like you're going to run a curl. It's curl and go. Easy touchdown pass from Purdy.
1: Early third quarter, 49ers lead 28 to nothing. Bucks facing third and five in 49ers territory. Brady with the pressure he doesn't like. He unloads it, and it's intercepted by Tayshawn Gibson. Turn off the wheels. 36 this defense for San
2: Francisco. They just do a great job of tying their rushing cover.
1: Here's more on Brock Purdy. He keeps performing for those Niners.
2: They believed in me even though I was the last draft pick and all that kind of stuff. Like they were, They've were, they always been telling me, like, you're good enough and, and we know that you can do it. And so to see them after that performance uh, meant a lot to me. And so very blessed to have them as my family. In this league, you have to be very intelligent. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned playing in you know, my sixth year now. And for a rookie to come in and process this offense and um, do everything by the book, but then add his own flair to it is very impressive. I, I had a lot of confidence in him, but obviously it's the NFL and you got to go perform and, and he did that pretty darn good.
1: Honestly, who doesn't get chills with Brock Purdy's parents crying in the stands? It's yeah, <laughs> such it a cool. good story. Absolutely cool. love to see it. And mean, we now have a game and a half of film on Purdy as a starter in the yeah. NFL. What is different about these 49ers offense with him under center?
4: You know, Laura, last week we were asking, can Brock Purdy approximate what Jimmy Garoppolo did in this offense? And now I feel comfortable asking the question, can he actually elevate it mm-hmm. and do more, which is wild. But what he <laughs> did yesterday was wild. I mean, two things come to mind that differentiate him. Perhaps what McCaffrey was talking about when he said he added his flair to the game. One is the ability to extend plays with his legs. Of course, you saw the touchdown there. There was a throw, I think it was in the beginning of the second quarter, where he sidesteps Tryon and Shayinka and then – finds Debo Samuel I've never seen Jimmy Garoppolo I don't want to you know bring his name into it make that kind of play but it is an added element to the offense and then the other thing is he's using more of the field so these are the two quarterbacks heat maps again obviously a small sample size for Purdy but you can see it right here with Garoppolo it's really all been about the middle of the field of course in the San Francisco offense rarely attacking outside the numbers Rock he was using the whole football field, and that changes things so much for defenses, the way they play the Niners, knowing that not only they can use the middle of the field, but also stretch it in different ways. I got to say, I was blown away by what he did in this game and what he is capable of doing down the road.
3: I think what McCaffrey alluded to and what MK just said, the extension <laughs> of plays. That's why they drafted Trey Lance. That's why a lot of people thought yeah. that this offense would take another step with Trey Lance coming in, just adding not only the extension of plays, but like Mina Mina alluded to, but giving this offense another nuance beyond what the spin cycle you are already in trying to defend what kyle shanahan is putting on just from a um just from a technique standpoint so i look at this with brock purdy and and we all have talked about how quarterback friendly it is to play for san francisco but the fact that you can go beyond the x's and o's and when the play call is not necessarily there have the ability to extend it makes them unguardable. I think that's why they drafted Trey Lance, and I think this is the element that Purdy is adding to make this offense even more dangerous than there already is.
1: Yeah, I mean, you saw it visually with that heat map. That heat map was hot.
2: We got one.
1: (laughs) We got one. We we got two, but one was hotter than the other because it was Brock Purdy. All right, so, Dan, Shanahan had a week to prepare a game plan with Purdy as the quarterback, unlike last week when he had to just kind of be thrown in there. What did you make of the offensive game plan?
2: This was the best run game, game plan, both in design and creativity and execution that they've had all year. And that's really interesting because you're trying to temper your expectation. Like, you see, that's... McCaffrey at the bottom of the screen. There's Devo playing tailback. So just like the flip of the personnel there is so good. This time it's back to McCaffrey. They condense the split and they have Kittle condensing down. Now they've got two pullers, excuse me, and this is midline essentially. So like all the different run games that they did, a run game design they did, it was the best when it came to their numbers gain use. You guys have heard me talk about that. I haven't really seen that this year from the run game when it comes to gaining the numbers. Yeah. They haven't used a ton of motion in their run game this year. Um, the backside of their run game was so much better yesterday, Trent Williams specifically, yeah. than it has been all year. So I'm trying to like temper the expectations. And I wanted to touch real quickly on what, something that MK hit on because – she was talking about all the different things that the offense is doing in the pass game, and hmm. it kind of intimates to what McCaffrey's sound was. There's so much that goes into the quarterbacks having to understand in this offense, well, Kittle's here in one play, here the next play, here the next play. McCaffrey's here as a receiver, that a tailback. Like, that takes so much um, intellectual ability to handle. That's still the most impressive thing that I've seen from him is handling that.
1: Yeah, big brain Brock. Uh, They have the Seattle Seahawks (laughs) on Thursday so a short week. Okay, we're just getting started here on NFL Live. I did it. The Jets defense gave the bills all they can handle on Sunday. Could there be a round three in the future between these teams? Well, we'd love to see it. Dan will weigh in. Plus, it was an ugly start in Dallas, but somehow the Cowboys avoided taking a loss. Could the losses on the field, though, start to add up down the stretch? We'll discuss that for those Cowboys and so much more. Keep it locked right here on Monday on NFL Live. We got you covered. Uh Uh-huh.
6: What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as 3 weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, A V E.
1: Monday Night Football is back tonight. Matthew Judon and the Patriots in Arizona taking on DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals. A game with playoff implications for both of these teams. This one matters a lot. 8 Eastern on ESPN. ESPN Deportes and the ESPN app. The maining cast on ESPN2. And our coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6. Time to check in at the Domino's pregame headquarters where Lisa Salters is standing by. And Lisa, there's been some drama in the desert this season as the Cardinals have yeah. struggled to a 4-8 record, including... Just one win in seven home games so far. What did Kyler Murray have to say about this disappointing season?
7: Yeah, Laura, well, the Cardinals have really been one of the most dysfunctional teams in the league this season. Think about this. Since a 7-0 and start to begin last season, Arizona has gone 8-14 and since then. And Kyler Murray, who signed that offseason extension that made him the second highest paid player in the league, has been at the center of a lot of the drama. He's had sideline run-ins with Cliff Kingsbury and DeAndre Hopkins this season. And last week, former teammate Patrick Peterson threw Murray under the bus on his podcast saying, quote, Kyler Murray don't care about nobody, but Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler told us this week that he doesn't really care about what the media says about him and never allows that kind of noise to bother him. But the Patrick Peterson comment, he said that was different because Peterson was someone he looked up to and was his OG when he got to the Cardinals. He said, my love for him was endless. So some of the attack does hurt, but Murray said he gets it. Playing quarterback, you get paid. Obviously, he said there's gonna be scrutiny, but he said the bottom line is, we're four and eight. It wasn't like this last year when we were winning. People are gonna try to poop on me, he said, (laughs) but that's what comes with losing. And I did do a little bit of editing there, Laura. Well,
1: I wondered, you know, but um, I enjoyed your editing. Thanks to Lisa. We'll no, see he you. said the other thing. He
7: said the other thing.
1: <laughs> really? Okay. I believe it. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see you later on the game. Thank you, Lisa. Always the best information you're ever going to get anywhere from Lisa Salters. Time to read and react to some of the biggest storylines from yesterday's games. We begin with the Eagles, who had seven sacks in a oh. blowout win against okay. the Giants, including three by Brandon Graham alone. Philly now has 49 sacks this season, the most by any team through hey. three 13 games of the season since the 2001 Saints. Marcus, how difficult does this Eagles defense make it for opposing QBs?
3: Yeah, don't stand behind Dan when he pooped, and don't get behind (laughs) on this defense and let them just pin their ears back and rush the passer because they have a bunch of guys that can win one-on-ones between Reddick, Fletcher Cox, Josh Schwett. All of these guys are starting to get after the quarterback, and their offense may be putting them in positions for a long time the rest of this season to pin their ears back and rush to pass.
1: Yeah, you really don't stand don't behind Don't stand behind Dan, Dan when he poots. Don't stand behind him when he sneeze poots either. Ok to Cincinnati where the Bengals <laughs> shut down the Browns <laughs> by holding Nick Chubb to 34 <laughs> rushing yards. D.J. Reader returned from a knee injury for a few weeks ago and his presence has given the Bengals mark? defense a significant. Oh have mercy. Boost. He's so good. When Reader is on the field this season they've held teams to an average of 3.4 yards per rush which would rank as the second best mark in the NFL. Mina, you know, why was the Bengals run defense so effective.
4: Oh man. Well, here's what's even more remarkable about how they stopped. Nick Chubb. The bulk of his carries were into light boxes. The ability to do that and, and devote more resources to coverage is a hallmark of a great defense in 2022. It's a tribute to the whole Bengals front seven, but you hit yeah. the nail on the head. It is about DJ reader the most because he is playing at an all pro level since coming back from injury. He is why they can stop the run with those light boxes. And with him playing this way, This Bengals defense has the potential to be truly special down the stretch.
1: We finish in New York, where despite losing to the Bills, Jets head coach Robert Salah was pretty optimistic after the game. Listen to this.
6: Obviously, I I love our guys. They fight their tails off, but I I think I speak for everyone in that we miss an out. Uh, We're going to see these guys again, so.
1: See him again. Interesting. Uh, Dan, the Jets allowed 17 and 20 points in their two games against Buffalo. Did they lay down a blueprint, you think?
2: Not much of one because their Jets, that, that Jets defensive line is so dominant. Yeah. So they'd have that four-man rush and they can marry it with their zone coverage that has like seven sets of eyeballs on the quarterback, and it forces just the quarterback to have to play so fast without really allowing answers. So do I think there's other teams in that conference that can do something similar to it. I'd say Cincinnati Mina just hinted and intimated at how good their defensive line is because of the way they can marry those things. And potentially Baltimore, if their defensive Mm. line, at least the interior aspect of it, continues to play at high level. But that Jets defensive line is such a special unit when they match it with their coverage. That's kind of one of one in the conference, but that is a way to slow down this Buffalo offense that has a poor offensive line.
1: Yeah, Josh Allen has been sacked multiple times in seven straight games. That's his longest streak of his career. It doesn't happen as often. I know, that'll make your eyes bug out. All right, coming up. It took a crazy comeback for Dak and crew to avoid the upset by the Texans, but was Dak's performance before the last drive something to worry about? We'll discuss.
8: Discuss. Pre-game Headquarters
1: is
5: brought to you by Domino's. Get a taste of variety
8: when you order off the Domino's Mix and Match menu.
6: Splash! Shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: The Monday Night Countdown crew gets you set up for the matchup between the Patriots and the Cardinals coming your way in just, I don't know, a couple hours or so. It's a two-hour pregame show. It starts at 6 Eastern on ESPN and the app, and of course... Adam Sheft will be a part of that. So, time now to check back in at the Domino's pregame headquarters. Adam, getting us ready for tonight's game. Adam, what do we need to know? Let's start with the availability of Rondell Moore for the Cardinals.
5: Well, Laura, when we last saw Rondell Moore, he was in Mexico City. He was a major part of the Cardinals' offense. And then he went down in that game and is yet to return. The Cardinals already have ruled him out of tonight's game due to that groin injury. It'll be the second straight miss game for Rondell Moore, and they'll have to Make up for his absence, fortunately for them, they do have Marquise Brown back on the field and in the lineup, so that will hopefully, for their sake, help offset his loss. The Patriots will be without their leading wide receiver. Jacoby Myers also ruled out due to a concussion. That means they'll have to rely on Devontae Parker and Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith and some of the other players to step up on an offense that has not scored a touchdown in the red zone in its last seven trips to the red zone. A lot of discussion about the Patriots offense. Somehow, it will have to make do tonight without its top and leading wide receiver
1: all right we'll keep an eye on that we'll keep an eye on you adam on monday night countdown at six right here on espn also our game picks for this pats cardinals game is coming each week here on nfl live we help the league spotlight the high school coach of the week the arizona cardinals have chosen scooter molander from eastmark high school during the state playoffs his number two ranked firebirds defended their only regular season loss to number one ranked thatcher high school by beating them 42-21, 42-21, winning the 2022 3A Arizona State Championship. Congratulations, Coach. You are the Coach of the Week. Hey, let's get back to the Cowboys hosting the Texans on Sunday. Honestly, kind of thought this game would be a snoozer, but turns out the Texans, maybe the Cowboys too, had other plans. Second quarter, Cowboys offense second and goal. Prescott checking it down to Tony Pollard for the 10-yard TD.
2: Every time this dude touches the ball for their offense, something good happens, great feet on the sidelines.
1: Cowboys take the lead 14-10 after a DAC interception. Texans on the Cowboys 28-yard line. Jeff Driscoll connecting deep to Amari Rogers. 28-yard touchdown. The Texans lead 20-17 at the half. Mid-third quarter, Cowboys trailing by three. Fourth and goal, the Texans won. Seat stopped short.
2: Great job by this Houston Texans defense in that series saying four plays in a row. Hand it off, you're not getting in.
1: Okay, another Prescott interception. Fourth and goal at the Cowboys, three. Driscoll rushing it up the middle. Stopped short of the end zone. The Cowboys take it over at their own two. Ensuing series, the Cowboys are driving. What would they come up with? First and ten, the Texans 40 and Prescott deep to Noah Brown for the 18-yard gain. The Cowboys first down, less than a minute to go. Third and goal at the Texans, two. And Zeke Elliott rushes up the middle. So the Cowboys escape 27-23. to 23. But man, oh man, it wasn't without a cost. They eked out the win. But this new one on NFL Live, our Jeremy Fowler reporting Jeez. that right tackle Terrence Steele tore his ACL per a source. The MRI revealed the damage. That's not good. ESPN Cowboys reporter Todd Archer added that Steele also tore an MCL. Man, the loss of Terrence Steele, a significant blow to the Cowboys' offensive line. It's struggled in pass protection this season, guys. Dallas has the second-worst pass-block win rate ahead of only the Colts. However, there is something encouraging for Dallas. 40-year-old veteran Jason Peters stepped in for Steele on the Cowboys' game-winning drive yesterday. He played well, right? Eight-time Pro Bowl left tackle Tyron Smith could also be close to making his season debut. We were talking last week about how he was back at practice, but... Mina, Dak struggles, then they were able to kind of eke out the win there. What do you make of all this?
4: Yeah, I mean, this isn't why they struggled entirely, but I'm beginning to get a be a little bit concerned about the injuries, uh, in particular because they're injuries that are sort of clustering at certain positions. Talk about offensive line in a second, but they lost Anthony Brown not too long ago, one of the starting cornerbacks for the season. Uh, They'd already lost Jordan Lewis before the season. In this game, you see the drop-off with Calvin Joseph giving up a big play very early on. And then on the offensive line, you alluded to, you know, Terrence Steele going out, Josh Bell comes in, he struggles. Arguably, the biggest reason why – one of the biggest reasons why they were able to put together – That drive was Jason Peters coming in. Hopefully he can play that well in relief. This is going to be a problem as we look to the playoffs at teams like Philadelphia ahead of the playoffs in December because those are teams that are capable of hunting mismatches. Mm. And when you lose players, there are more mismatches to be found
1: at key positions. Yeah, I'm looking at this Dak Prescott. Uh, photo in our studio here. That that was me watching the game, just like head (laughs) in the hands. It gave me a headache. (laughs) That was Marcus and (laughs) Stephen A, too. Exactly. Well, Stephen A loved it. Playmaker. Uh, So, Dan, let's take it on the field, though, yesterday. What did the tape show you about Dak's struggles? That he's trying too hard?
2: Because I would tell you that Dak has been a guy that has always, for the most part, seen the field really well and cleanly, and right now he's not. And it's in very simple things. You're going to see a three-step concept, day one install. We call this Lion, double slant at the bottom of the screen. The worst coverage for it is cover three, because that flat defender is already outside, in between that outside slant. You never throw the outside slant in that situation, but Dak does for some reason. Then this bottom concept is stick. Up top, you have a flat route and a stick route. That outside flat defender's the read. If he goes outside, you throw it high. Excuse me, low. If he throws, goes high, you throw it low. I mean, that's a very simple first down read for Dak. All of a sudden, he holds on to the football. That's the fumble. The very next play is that interception that, in many ways, should have ended the game. And I don't know if it's he's pressing or trying to do too much because he knows the offensive line cannot pass protect. It's just not a good pass protecting unit. Does he feel the lack of production from the perimeter players that sometimes where just the production goes down in games um it's really odd to see a guy that is a good player and that has had a strength of just seeing things with such clear vision seem to struggle with seeing very simple things
3: yeah for me i like watching this game a a little bit i was at a 10 u volleyball game watching my daughter get busy but in between I was thinking it's just such an immature performance. And yeah, we can look at the Dallas Cowboy defense and say the the Texans scored 23 points. This defense is, to me, watching the film, is the reason they won the game. Uh standing up and bowing their neck in a lot of situations where they had unfavorable field position because of this offense. Where's the explosiveness? This is exactly what the Dallas Cowboys did towards the end of the season last year from an offensive mm-hmm. standpoint. Everybody kept putting graphics and stats up about they're the number one offense in the league and they gaining all of these yards. This is exactly how they looked When everybody thought that they would get bounced the first week of the playoffs, I thought some way they would have a resurgence this team and to your point, Dan, it's time for Dak to overcome those things like you are going to suffer injuries. You're going to have deficiencies this time of the year. The San Francisco 49ers playing with their third string quarterback right now. (laughs) You have to overcome it for you got to figure out a way to make this team a little bit more explosive or They'll be home watching it with us
1: again. This new on NFL Live too, as it relates to the Cowboys, they added a little bit of help too, Dwight Hilton joining this team. I love this signing. Look at the big smile. T. Y. are going to add best. him, get him on this team, and uh, listen, okay. we, we're still waiting on the Odell Beckham Jr. situation, but they got T.Y. Maybe they're good to go. Four-time Pro Bowl wide receiver. A little speed. Could I like run, it, yeah. right? Yeah. Helps the offense, that. doesn't hurt. Hey, still ahead, we're talking a little bit about Jalen Hurts and those Eagles, but he has been putting on a clinic. Dan is going Yo, to show you on good. the touch screen the one thing that he's improved on, that he's never seen another quarterback improve this much on. You don't want to miss this. It's next on NFL Live. We'll be right back.
6: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be.
1: Fighting Spirit Moment is brought to you by Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Hey, new on NFL Live. The Manning cast returns on ESPN2 tonight at 8 Eastern for the game between the Patriots and Cardinals. Check out this lineup. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, Bill Simmons, comedian Keegan-Michael Key, and former Patriot great Adam Vinatieri. Check it out while you're watching Monday Night Football. It'll be great and speaking of the game look at our picks. so Marcus Dan and I all in the Patriots as you see there and that leaves Mina all alone on the Cardinals I love it Mina go against the grain here why do you like Arizona tonight
4: <laughs> didn't know I was gonna be on camera reacting to that okay um, I'm leading Arizona for really one reason you know, obviously the New England offense hasn't been great Mac Jones has particularly struggled against the blitz second worst QBR in the NFL. Cardinals love to blitz. We know that they're pretty good at it. And when I saw that Jacoby Myers was out in this game, that really gave me cause for concern because so often he is Mac Jones answer versus pressure. I am worried that he's going to struggle against the Arizona Cardinals blitz and I think Kyla Murray can play a little bit better as a result but I do think it'll be close and low scoring
1: yeah you know I picked the Patriots but I'm going to give you something that might back up your Cardinals pick even more Mina the Cardinals defense has blitzed at the third highest rate in the NFL this season Mac Jones has the second worst QBR against the blitz the numbers back up everything you're telling us obviously Maybe I should change my pick, but I'm not going to. All right, I feel like every time Jalen Hurts is showing the fighting spirit for us, every single week we're talking about him. Consistently, he shows up for this Eagles team, and honestly, it's his MVP race to lose at this point. Dan, there's a crucial quarterback skill that you think Jalen Hurts is most improved on ever over any other quarterback. What is it? Uh,
2: the, The ability to make accurate plays or accurate throws versus tight man coverage. Jalen Hurts, and I think this play encapsulates has grown from a very talented athlete into a precision passer. So this is going to be a really interesting and cool pressure from the Giants. They're going to drop this guy, and then they're going to run what we call like an inside cross dog. But that inside locker linebacker is going to be one part of it. And then the safety secondary player is going to be a second part of it. Now, what the Eagles offensive line is going to do is they're going to kick their whole offensive line down to one side. This guy being a secondary player is really now Jalen Hurts' responsibility. So three things I want everyone to pay attention to. Number one, the ball is going to get snapped from about the 15-yard line. You hear me say this all the time, quarterbacks. You don't want to get to about 10 yards depth in the pocket it stresses your offensive line. Number two, look how rare Jalen Hurts is understanding, okay, that secondary player, he's actually going to be mine. I'm not necessarily hot, but I'm warm. So you're going to watch him drift in the pocket here and get to those 10 yards. Now, I want to take it back because this is the most important thing, and this is where I think that Jalen Hurts has grown from his development. Everyone pay attention to you can see the number one on his jersey right now. His shoulders are completely square to the line of scrimmage, okay? Watch how they stay that way. So often, quarterbacks, when they're throwing to the left, they'll often, especially when they're hurried, they'll close themselves off. You wouldn't be able to see that number one from Jalen Hurts, and they try to swing themselves open to make the throw, and negatively affects their impact. Everybody, pay attention at home. Jalen Hurts, you see the number one on his jersey, right? Watch it through the whole process, even as he gets his – to the top of his drop you still see that number one right there that is so well done from Hertz he's 10 yards deep his feet are still parallel to the line of scrimmage but when he does that and stays open to the left Look at now, his shoulders are completely pointed to the direction that he wants to make that throw. And you're gonna see a beautiful ball to the sideline to Quez Watkins. I want everyone to see the all-22 angle to see why this matters. You're gonna see the drop. Now Jalen Hurts is making that decision to make that throw right there. Watkins hasn't even turned to peek at the ball. Bottom of the screen right there, okay? This is that anticipation, but you have to have accuracy or ball placement with that anticipation. This is what I love. When Watkins turns his head, he's at the 26 yard line. Ball is already out of the quarterback's hands right now. He's at the 26. Watch what happens when you play with such great mechanics that the pinpoint happens. You're going to see him pull Watkins back down from the 26 all the way down to the 24, 25 yard line with an absolutely perfect throw. That is not the Jalen Hurts that we had seen three, two or one years ago. But the commitment to the mechanics of it and staying as perfect as he can has allowed him to elevate from talented athlete to precision passer very quickly for Philadelphia.
1: He's really done it in less than a year. awesome. Amazing to see as Jalen Hurts continues this absolutely monster season. Marcus, what's coming next on NFL Live?
3: Well, Do just talked about pinpoint accuracy from Do, but I'm gonna show y'all some pinpoint accuracy from some BMB that's off the field. I'm going to the basketball court. My man Connor Williams, seven foot, three hundred and sixty pounds, with pinpoint accuracy. They call him Big Cozy. I see your big fella. His BMBs littered all throughout the diaspora. Now I got some football guys coming up, but I had to get my man Connor Williams in here. BMB on the way.
6: Go to shopify.com network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com network.
0: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
3: It's big man bowling time, and y'all know how we turn up on this segment. Finna give you all I got, Kevin. Bash. <laughs> <laughs> Let me introduce y'all to the big fellas that made plays on Sunday. <laughs> Let's go! Like game time. <laughs> Look at him, Somebody better block him. All you doing is saying, where did he oh. come from? Morgan Spill Jr. with the R.I.P. club. Go get the quarterback. <laughs> ah. Big men people all there. <laughs> Y'all, I actually am excited about BMP, but I'm not in a good mood because I had to put some damn offensive linemen on here. But I gotta give them respect because they made some phenomenal plays and I couldn't just get past it. First, we gonna start with my man, Trey Smith. If you didn't see it, you're about to see it right now. Now, this is called violence on a little man, but I have to show you a guy in space like Trey Smith disregarding any human life to make sure he gets his back in the end zone. The big fella put the wheels on, he put a guy to the ground, and he made sure that they got seven. Kansas City, Trey Smith, you deserve to be on here. Y'all know I wasn't gonna do BMB without putting Penesu on there. Big man in the space. We saw Trent Williams do this and it was a block. So they said, we got a big fella that could actually catch. Now if Jared Goff give us a better damn pass, we might take it to the crib with a stiff arm. And then he got up mad because ain't nobody supposed to touch us once we hit the ground. Soul, you made BMB and this was phenomenal. Drop it off, big fella. And last but not least, Trayvon Walker with a first overall draft pick. Please stand up. Yeah, I got to get rid of a tight end, and I got to get rid of a tackle, and I got to strip sack Brian Tannehill. Those are things that you're called to do when they call your name first in the NFL draft. Trayvon Walker, this is a big play. The Jacksonville Jaguars dominated. Young football team, a lot of good football players. I'm glad I was able to get a D lineman on BMB today because it was going to be a disaster if it had to be three offensive linemen and a big bucket getter. Named Connor Williams. That's (laughs) BMB for this week.
1: You were like, please, some D Lyman, do something. I can't be oh. doing this. Right.
3: Oh. Boogie, yeah, I just if, I felt unlocked. so bad when I had to pull these two plays at first. I was like, this is not this is not an ode to Jeff Saturday. This is just <laughs> them big fellas balling in open space.
1: All right, let's get to some more action from Sunday. The Vikings and the Detroit, Detroit Lions. You got that? Yeah, I picked the Vikings. That's why I'm having a hard what time. What in the world? I know, I know. I was just trying to be different. It's okay. It didn't go well for me. Hey, starting off in the first quarter, Lions second and five in the Vikings. He's 41. Jerry Goff deep pass. Jameson Williams. I love that he's back in action. And we're seeing him at the pro level. The Lions lead 7-0. Let's go! 11 minutes to go in the third. Lions 4th and 7, punting away from their own 21. They fake it! This is awesome Dan.
2: by Dan Campbell and this like just trying to inject some energy to his football team. They had a seven-point lead. It's like, guys, we're on the brink of blowing this game out. Let's figure out a way to steal a possession. They do the, just that. Jared Goff again, a little ball fake, toss the other way, and then Josh oh, Reynolds wide open the end zone again. Awful coverage by Minnesota.
1: Lions, 21-7 lead after that. Two minutes to go, third and seven for the Vikings, 41, and... God, floating it to Panay still. Some people may say this is the best play in the history
2: of football. How do you not put that on BMB? I love it. No, it's so good. Get it,
1: Panay. All right, the Lions win, 34 yes. to 23. That should okay. that should be the
2: only play on BMB. I
1: know, so good. It should be the so only good. one. Oh, he got it.
3: It's going to be added to the overall highlight forever. <laughs> for I'm, I'm effort, making effort. sure Mark, our oh, producer, yeah. adds that to the highlight for every opening.
1: He deserves it. Oh, I like that. So, Mina, the Vikings yeah. defense got yeah. torched. I mean, we just saw a lot of it there, even just in the highlight. 330 yards in the air. How? They did
4: what I do during the holidays, <laughs> which is they sat back and watched other people cook. Laura, this is infuriating because it's been the story of the season for the Minnesota Vikings with their soft coverage. I want you to see these numbers from yesterday. This is when the Vikings were playing off as they always do, meaning five yard cushion or more. The Viking, the Lions wide receivers, 17 catches, 246 yards, three touchdowns, including the horrible Josh Reynolds ones from the Vikings perspective that Dan highlighted. What's infuriating is they've been doing this all season, and when they play off coverage, and they play a ton of off coverage, they allow over nine yards per attempt, which, yes, shocker, is the worst in the NFL. Huh. People huh. always say, why don't you respect the Vikings? We respect Kirk Cousins when he plays like he did yesterday. We certainly respect oh. Justin Jefferson. What we don't respect is a defense that's not only struggling, but seemingly failing by design. I don't know what to say at this point. They have to change things up. Ed Donatel, their defensive coordinator, must change things because it ain't working. Yeah, you know, what?
1: everyone's falling asleep. I need you guys to wake up. Okay? I'm here. So, Dan, let's talk about the Lions let's offense Let's talk about for a minute. the Lions. Because all yeah, of you sure. are smarter I'll than I'll me, okay? i to wake up for that. You, you pick the Lions. I love it. And what makes them so difficult to defend, especially in the pass game?
2: Well, first of all, the Lions win and they're in their end this week. This is a playoff game this weekend in New York, okay? I want to get Woo. ahead of that six days from now. Second of all, Jared Goff <laughs> should be in the running for comeback player of the year, right along with Geno Smith. Oh. I think that in, and I'd be interested to hear your guys' opinion. I think that you can make the case that the Lions are the one of, if not the best, teams in the NFC when it comes to their pass game being whatever they need. If they need or feel it's best to play in the drop back game, they can do it. One, because they can protect. Two, they got guys who have great feel versus zone like Amon Ra St. Brown, St. Brown, excuse me. And then Jared on this offense could also live in a play action world where if they need a little bit of extra protection yeah. or they want to hold secondary level defenders, that they can drop back and go play action and kind of hold those guys and create some of those chunks. So you're watching an offense. The only one that I can think of that kind of has the ability to do both is maybe Dallas. And I think mm. their the lack of protection hurts them drop back a little bit. And also Seattle, excuse me. So I just think their ability to do both of those in the pass game really kind of accentuates the strengths of this offense.
3: I love that you're talking about the passing game, Dio, because we don't tie that directly to their identity, and they did—they doing it at a high level, especially over the last two weeks. I love that they still stuck with the run game. I love the fact that they were in this game and never deviated away from what their true identity is. You see Swift and Williams, and even though Williams took a uh, hit, this this offensive line is all predicated on physicality. Yeah, and Dan Campbell tight end when he played with the Dallas Cowboys. When I came in, will not get away from it. We talked about this when they played Buffalo. You have your hands full for a complete four quarters against the Detroit Lions, and most teams ain't willing to just line up and do it throughout the duration of a game.
1: We got time for one more thing before we go. Guys, is Patrick Mahomes, part of Cirque du Soleil? Like, is he? Because I think he should be. Because bro, what is this? Yeah, what? This is circus this dude, yeah, right here. This is unbelievable. This is Dan, what did you see? Uh, well, first
2: of all, every other quarterback in the history of the game that has done that has been screamed at and mothered by their coach. <laughs> he peeks back, <laughs> stiff arms, sees the defender coming Ooh, to him, open space, on. underhand flip.
1: I don't.
3: It's unbelievable.
1: That angle there, where you this see wise. it from the front. <laughs> wow. That's this is why we can't have you know
3: conversations best. about other quarterbacks when it comes to the best. Like, yeah. And that wasn't the only play the in that game.
1: All right. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. We'll be back on Tuesday.
2: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.